Hello and welcome to This Is Your FBI from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Equitable Life Assurance Society presents This Is Your FBI. This Is Your FBI, the official broadcast from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Presented as a public service by the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community. Yesterday or this morning, did you receive a postcard from a representative of the Equitable Life Assurance Society? A postcard suggesting that you listen to the middle commercial on this Equitable Society radio program. Equitable Society representatives sent out tens of thousands of such postcards because this middle commercial has a very important message. It describes the Equitable Society's independent 60s plan, a practical, workable plan for people who want to be independent in their 60s. I'll be back in approximately 14 minutes to give you full information on this special plan offered by the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. Tonight's FBI file, The Gentle Killer. It is unfortunate, but true, that the average citizen does not look upon the current crime wave as something which can and does affect him. It is part of his mental pattern to hear something about crime, some statistic or observation, and to regard it as a fact about another world, a world in which he is not a citizen, but a rather distant observer. He hears, for instance, that more than a million and a half major crimes are committed every year in the United States. And if he has any feeling at all about that statement, it is probably one of detached sympathy for the various and sundry victims. The greater probability is that he doesn't really feel one way or the other about it. The Federal Bureau of Investigation would like to correct that feeling of widespread apathy about the crime wave. No one in the nation, wherever he may be, is distant from the activities of the country's army of criminals. They operate 12 months a year in every corner of the land. And no hamlet is so secluded that it knows no crime. Every crime committed anywhere ultimately affects you. For it is like a pebble thrown into a lake. And unless stopped by some barrier, the ripples move outward and ever outward as crime spreads when it is not checked. Your FBI urges you, the decent citizen, to stop those ripples from spreading ever further. To help fight the crime wave with every weapon at your command. For this war against crime is total war. There can be no conditional surrender. Either decency wins or the criminals take over. The important thing to realize is that this war can be won if the forces of law and order receive some needed support. Support from you. Tonight's file opens in a railroad station in a large eastern city. It is early evening, and in one corner of the station, a telephone operator sits at a switchboard waiting for travelers to place their calls. 
Pardon me, miss. Yes, sir, may I help you? Yes, I want to call Centerville, Vermont. What number, please? Centerville 734. 734. You may take this in booth five, sir. Pay as you leave. Thank you. Long distance. Calling Centerville, Vermont. Right. Hello, sir. Uh, Johnny. Yeah. Johnny, where did you come from? Where have you been? I can't answer any questions now, Mary. Oh, but I wanted... Look, I'm in trouble. What? I'm in trouble, sis. Can I make a local call here? Uh, yes, madam. Booths 20 through 30 are for local calls. You have two nickels, please. Yes, ma'am. Here you are. Thank you. Johnny, are you in trouble with the police? No. You're sure? Yes. Well, then what... I need a place to hide. Where are you living? Well, I have an apartment. Where? Well, on First Avenue. you got to let me use it, Mary. Well... You've got to. Well... Wait a minute, I'll get you the key. Centerville. Calling Centerville 734. 734. Thank you. Here, Johnny. Here's the key. Thanks. The address is 788 First Avenue. 788 First Avenue. And I'll be home about 530. Okay. Oh, wait, Johnny. What? If you're not hiding from the police, who are you hiding from? A man named Al Norman. He's going to kill me. It's me, Johnny. Oh. Maybe it was him. Did anyone follow you? No. You didn't see anyone in the lobby? No. Good. John, what is it all about? I told you before. A man named Al Norman wants to kill me. Why? Well, he, he thinks I sent him to jail. How? By, by telling the cops where he was hiding out. Did you? Well, not, not really. You see, we... Well, we robbed a place down south together. I was in a saloon. I was drunk. This fellow asked me if I wanted to pick up some easy money. I, I said, sure. I went to this grocery store. Al had a gun. I, I didn't know it. When we were running out, he shot one of the clerks. Oh. We both got away. I came back up here. Al went out west. You came back here and didn't even call me? I stayed up in Franklin Falls. It was safer. Well, why does this man, Norman, think you sent him to jail? Well, I was doing... Tell me... I drank too much one night, talked about the job. About how Al shot the clerk. A friend of his heard me. Al was picked up by the cops a little while after that, and he figured they picked him up because I talked. It wasn't true, Mary. I didn't turn him into the cops. Anyway, he was convicted. Got 20 years. But then how can he be looking for you? He just broke out of jail. Uh, but, but, Johnny, why don't you call the police? Oh, they protect you. Protect me? And send me away. Well, then what can you do? I've been sitting here thinking. There is a way to get me out of this. Oh, what is it? Al Norman knew where I was living in Franklin Halls. That's where he'll go. I want you to call the police up there. Give them the address of the place I lived. Tell them that Norman will turn up there. Will you do that, Mary? Well... Please. All right. 
I don't want you to call from here. Well, why not? They could trace the call. Go down to the corner, use the payphone. And don't tell the police who you are. If this works, if they get Norman, I'm clear. The following afternoon at the local FBI field office, Special Agent Jim Taylor is at his desk when Agent Walter Bedford approaches. Hello, Jim. Oh, hi, Walt. I guess you got my note, huh? Uh Uh-huh. What's it about? Another escaped prisoner? Federal? No, he escaped from a state prison, but we had a detainer on him. Anybody I might know? Uh, His name is Al Norman. Dapper Al? Yeah, that's right. I was in the San Francisco office when we arrested him out there. No? He was turned over to local authorities someplace down south. And was convicted of armed robbery and attempted murder. When did he escape? Two days ago. As far as I remember his record, Jim, this town was never one of his hangouts. How come we've got the file? Well, one of Norman's cellmates who escaped with him was captured. He told the prison authorities that Norman was headed here. Any idea where? Probably Franklin Falls. Why? Well, the local police at Franklin Falls called in this morning and said that they got an anonymous tip last night saying that Al Norman would come to a certain address there sometime today. What would he be doing there, Jim? Well, according to that same cellmate, Norman was sure that his old partner tipped the police off on his arrest. Norman swore that one day he'd break out of jail, find the partner, and kill him. What was the partner's name? We have no idea. So we'd better head off Al Norman and we'll have a murder on our hands. That's right. Oh, Walt, how clean is your desk? I've got a deposition to take in the Johnson case, then I'm free. All right, you take your deposition and and get that out of the way first. Okay. I'll run up to Franklin Falls and see if I can help trap Al Norman. What are you doing home? Well, I've been calling you all morning. Oh, it was you. I let it ring. Al Norman wasn't caught by the police in Franklin Falls. How do you know? I heard it on the radio during my ten-minute break. What happened? They didn't say. That's bad. He'll come here. Well, he he doesn't know where I live. He knows I've got a sister. He knows you work at the railroad station. I'll have to get out of here. Have you got any money? Well, about ten dollars. Let me have it, sis. Well, are you leaving right now? No, I'll wait till it gets dark. Where are you going? I don't know. Oh, you can't just... What do I do? Answer. Hello? 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 Who is this? It's me. Who are you? Don't you know? Answer me. This is Freddy. Oh. I had your phone for a minute, didn't I? What are you doing tonight, Mary? Oh, I can't talk to you now. Just Call me some other time, Freddy. Who was that? Oh, friend. Look, Johnny, I've got to go back to work. Okay. Here's the $10. Thanks. I'll give you the number of the switchboard. It's Meriden 8181 here. Now, we're not supposed to get incoming calls, but wherever you go, call me. Let me know where you are. <laughs> Close that Al Norman file, Walt. What do you mean, almost? You been near the teletype room this morning? No, Jim. I've been working on his deposition. Oh, well, Norman showed up in Franklin Falls, all right, and just about on schedule. And he wasn't captured? No, the police knew that he was coming to a certain address up there, so they surrounded the building. They spotted him coming out, were about to start shooting when they saw that he had three small children with him. They belonged to one of the tenants. I guess he spotted the cordon. Yeah, he knew he wouldn't fire or follow him as long as he had the kids. 
The police have any idea where he headed? Well, the local police here just gave me the answer to that. Oh? They just got a report from a man who was heading here down the Franklin Falls Highway. Norman flashed a gun, commandeered his car, and made him bring him all the way into the city. And he's here in town right now. Yeah. Here with a loaded gun. What did he want? Well, he told the other operator he was no friend of mine. Did she say what he looked like? Well, he was tall and dark, very well dressed. That's Al Norman. Are you sure? Yeah. I'm getting out of here right now. Well, do you know yet where you're going? No, not yet. I'll call you when I light someplace. All right. So long. Turn in just a minute to tonight's exciting case from the official files of your FBI. Now, here's an invitation to all members of this audience. An invitation to share in the benefits of the Equitable Society's Independent 60s plan. Independent 60s means exactly what it says. Financial independence when it's time to retire. Members of this equitable group are determined that they'll never have to ask for charity. They intend to be self-supporting and self-respecting. When they reach retirement age, they often move to sections of this country where the climate is mild and pleasant all year round. Take me, for instance. I've got a little orange grove on the west coast of Florida. Boy, what a life. People with Equitable Society Independent 60s plans have plenty of opportunity for travel, time for hobbies. (laughs) I've caught more fish in this last year than in all the rest of my life put together. Naturally, everybody wants to join in the Equitable Society's Independent 60s plans. Then what holds a man back from joining? He makes the mistake I went on making for years. He thinks you have to be rich to belong. How did you find out the truth? From my Equitable Society representative. He showed me how a comparatively small investment in life insurance would do the job. That's right. Social Security gives the average man a big head start towards independent 60s. What's more, your Equitable Society representative will show you how to integrate your present insurance into the plan. Only a small amount of additional insurance may be required to put you in the class of men who look forward with complete confidence to independent 60s. A few extra dollars a week did it for me. In any case, why not see your equitable representative without delay? Phone him soon. Or send a postcard care of this station to the Equitable Society. That's E-Q-U-I-T-A-B-L-E. The Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. Now back to the FBI file, The Gentle Killer. 
Tonight's case offers an illustration of an important fact about the various investigations handled by the special agents of your FBI. In this case, a vicious killer is loose and stalking his victim. The two special agents assigned to the case know that the man he intends to kill is himself a wanted criminal. It would be easier for those agents to adopt the attitude that the loss of that criminal would be negligible so far as society was concerned. And yet, they do not adopt that attitude. They work as hard to protect this man as they would any decent member of the community. The reason for this is not, as you might suspect, that they have the slightest sympathy for the criminal who is being hunted. Because it is not a part of their job to convict anyone. The job of the special agent is to investigate the violations of approximately 120 federal statutes. And, where possible, to make the arrest of the victims and criminals involved. Those men arrested are then entitled to their day in court. And it is the job of a prosecuting attorney to secure the conviction. The only part of aiding in getting that conviction that falls to the lot of the special agent is as a witness at the trial. And so, in tonight's case, these agents do not allow themselves to prejudge the hunted man, but work to protect him. Possibly that is why the name of the department under which the Federal Bureau of Investigation functions is called the Department of Justice. Tonight's file continues at the local FBI field office. Anything come in on that Al Norman alarm? No, Jim, they haven't located Norman, but we did get one new fact. Oh, what's that, Walter? The Franklin Falls police called in and said they checked the description of the man Norman came to kill. His old partner? Yeah. They get anything? Yes, they found that the name he uses is Johnny White. Hmm. I assume you didn't get anything while you were out. No, not much. I spent most of the time interviewing a man named Bert Turner. Who's he, Jim? Oh, he's the man whose car was commandeered by Al Norman on the highway outside of Franklin Falls. Oh. He told me Norman kept talking most of the way in. What about? Oh, Norman told him to be sure and see tomorrow morning's papers. Why? He said he was coming here to kill a man. That it would be on the front pages tomorrow. Oh, he boasted about the fact that he was going to get so much publicity. Tomorrow morning's papers, huh? That's right, Walt. That means he's going to try and commit that murder tonight. Oh, miss? Yes, sir. May I help you? I'd like Central 4245, please. Uh, that's a local call. Rubes 20 through 30 are for local calls, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. Pardon me. Yes, sir. May I help you? Yeah, I'd like a little information. Oh, well, if you go to booth nine, I'll connect you with information. I mean information from you. Huh? I'm not trying to get fresh. I'm just trying to find out where I can get in touch with him. Who are you talking about? The fellow's picture you've got framed there on your switchboard. Well, I, I don't know him. You keep a picture of a guy you don't know? Well, it, it belongs to one of the other girls. No, it don't. That's your brother, Miss White. I phoned your place a little while ago. I spoke to him there. You... You called my... Yeah. Then I went to see him. But he was gone. Oh. I'm an old friend of your brother's, Miss White. He said in case I couldn't find him when I got to town to see you. Oh, pardon me. 8181. Eight, Sorry, this is Johnny. We don't give out that information. I'm sorry. Huh? I'm sorry. It's against the rules. Listen, I got a room. You may speak to the chief operator if you like, sir. I'm at 23 Oak Street. It's a rooming house. Y yes, sir. 
thank you, sir. I shall connect you. You uh, just disconnected. Oh, uh, I guess I did. A new custom, huh? Uh, well, what do you mean? Well, you never get incoming calls on these switchboards. That is, unless it's somebody special you gave the number to. Oh, well, well that was the wrong number. Oh, I see. Well, if you hear from Johnny, miss, will you tell him his friend Al was looking for him? I will. And tell him not to worry. I won't leave town without seeing him. Tell him he can count on that. Some action on that L. Norman alarm, Walter. You mean he's been caught, Jim? Not quite, but at least we know where he was. Where? I was just leaving my desk when the phone rang. It was the railroad police. They see him this afternoon? Yeah. How long ago? Within the past hour. Are they sure? Yes. When those pictures of Al Norman we sent up there arrived, one of the railroad policemen recognized him. He'd been wandering in and out of those stores that they have in the concourse. Waiting for a train to leave. I don't know. But the railroad police have notified every train that left here within the last hour to conduct a car-by-car search for Norman. Good. You know, the only thing that bothers me is that if he is on a train leaving here, that means he's already committed the murder. That's right. Well, let's get over to the railroad station. Maybe the station master's office will have some word from those outgoing trains by the time we get there. Okay. In any event, we can interview the clerks in every store in the concourse. If there was any purpose to his wandering in and out of them, it might hasten his arrest. Excuse me, miss. Uh, yes, sir. May I help you? Uh, yes, ma'am. I'm a special agent of the FBI. Here are my credentials. Y- yes, sir. Now, will you please take a look at this picture, Miss... Uh... Uh, White. Miss White. Has that man been around here? Well, I, 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 I don't think so. It would help quite a bit if you could remember for sure. Well, I, well you see, I, I talked to so many people. I understand. I'd like to help you, Mr. Taylor. Yes, I'm sure you would. Well, if this man should come here, would you call the FBI office here in town? Oh, yes, sir. Oh, uh, by the way. Yes? That picture there on your switchboard. Who is that? Oh, uh, well, that belongs to the operator who comes on to relieve me. I, I, I think it is a... Uh, yes, it's her boyfriend. I see. Well, thank you, Miss White. And remember, if the man whose picture I gave you comes around, please call us. Come in? No. Good. Johnny, I, I saw El Norman. Where? He came to the station. When? An hour ago. What did he want? You. Well, what'd you tell him? Well, I said you were out of town. Tomorrow you'll be right. I'm leaving. For where? I don't know. Any place but here. I- I'll get some money. Thanks. If I can do anything else. Oh. Hello, Johnny. Hello, Miss White. You're a tough guy to catch up with, Johnny. Get out of here. Oh, now, look. I put in a hard day's work finding this guy. First, I had to locate you. Then I had to tell you here. What do you want? I already told you on the phone, Johnny. 
I'm going to kill you. No. I won't cat and mouse you, kid. I can get it over with right now. Oh, wait, wait, please. Put away that gun. Nice shooting, Jim. He knocked it right out of his hands. Throw the cuffs on the morning. Right. Who are you? We're special agents of the FBI. Both you and Al Norman are under arrest. Al Norman was returned to prison to serve the remainder of his 20-year term. John White was tried and convicted in state court. And when the facts developed that his crime was caused largely by the influence of Al Norman, his sentence was reduced to 10 years. Special Agents Taylor and Bedford divided the stores on the railroad station concourse so that no time would be lost. In questioning Mary White, Special Agent Taylor recognized the picture of her brother on the side of the switchboard. Recognized it because your FBI had been given a complete description by the police department down south where the original robbery had taken place. Agent Taylor also knew that the intended victim's name was Johnny White, thanks to investigation by still another local police department. He therefore realized that Miss White was not telling him the truth, and he determined to keep a surveillance on her when she left work that night. As he and Agent Bedford started to follow her from the railroad station, they saw Al Norman and realized that he was doing the same thing. Rather than arrest him on the street and so possibly warn her that she was being watched, they determined to let both Mary White and Al Norman lead them to the hideout. As you have seen, that is exactly what happened. And as a result, another FBI file was closed closed with the removal of a dangerous killer from our midst. In just a moment, we will tell you about next week's exciting case from the files of your FBI. Now two final questions on the Equitable Society's Independent 60s plan. Mr. Keating, I'm 35 years old. Is that too young to start one of these plans? No, your Equitable representative will show you that the younger you are when you start, the lower your yearly cost will be. Well, what income can a plan like this give me in my 60s? Your Equitable Society representative will give you the exact figure geared to what you can afford to pay now and to your future needs. Ask him to drop around for a friendly visit. Phone him soon. Or send a postcard, care of this station, to the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. Next week, we will dramatize another case from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. A story revealing the expert workings of a gang of professional swindlers. Its subject, fraud. Its title, The Rocking Chair Shakedown. The incidents used in tonight's Equitable Life Assurance Society's broadcast are adapted from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. However, all names used are fictitious, and any similarity thereof to the names of persons living or dead is accidental. Tonight, the music was composed and conducted by Frederick Steiner. The author was Jerry D. Lewis. Your narrator was William Woodson, and Special Agent Taylor was played by Stacey Harris. Others in the cast were Alice Backus, Harry Bartell, Herb Ellis, William Hawes, Tom Holland, and Charlotte Lawrence. This is Your FBI is a Jerry Devine production. This is Larry Keating speaking for the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community. 
and inviting you to tune in again next week at the same time when the Equitable Life Assurance Society will bring you another thrilling story from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The Rocking Chair Shakedown on This Is Your FBI. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.